Hey everybody, welcome to Freedom Speak with Becca Marie and Stella. The forces of evil, the globalists, the deep state, the cabal, the technocracy, the corrupt media want to divide and conquer us all. Freedom-loving patriots, MAGAs, and those clinging to their guns and Bibles. I'm your host, Becca Marie with Stella Padilla, and you're listening to Freedom Speak. We are proudly unindoctrinated and wide awake. I'd like for you to check out our website, freedomspeaknm.com, where you can click on the radio replay link and listen to playbacks of any of our previous shows and also check out the resource page I have there. You can get the podcast of this show on SoundCloud, Spotify, Stitcher, and Apple iTunes, and I am finding that it has been, uh, it has been showing up on other podcast platforms. Want to send us questions and comments? Email us at becca at freedomspeaknm.com. You can now listen and watch us live on our stream on Rumble, Facebook, and Twitter. Every Friday morning, 9 a.m. to noon. And if you are watching us right now, then you already know that. But if you're listening to the replay on KDAZ, then uh, check us out on Friday mornings. And you can also call in. We have a phone line now. And to get there, the easiest way to do that is just to go to our website, freedomspeaknm.com, and click on the Rumble link. So there's tons of stuff going on in the news, as usual, this week, and we're going to be talking about it, as much of it as possible, if that can even be done, but we will try to talk about all of it. I was thinking a little bit about uh, nursery rhymes that we hear when we're little kids, and it, it got me thinking about how it teaches us these lessons and that we should be carrying in life. So with all the ridiculous things we've been told over the past few years, it reminds me of one of the many folk tales I learned as a child. I'm sure that those of you that grew up around the same time as me will be familiar with this one. Remember the story of Chicken Little? It went, with, it went like this. A chicken, often named Chicken Little, is walking in the woods when she is struck by an acorn falling from one of the trees. Convinced that this is a sign the sky is falling, Chicken Little rushes from the woods to go and warn the king. On her way to see the king, she meets several of her friends, who are also birds, usually with rhyming names, Penny Henny, Goosey Lucy, Ducky Lucky, Turkey Lurky, and so on. You get the idea. I'm sure in some way it, it, there will be people that find those names racist in some way. I, I don't know how. Um, as she meets each of them along her way, Chicken Little tells them that the sky is falling and that she has firsthand evidence of this. All of these other birds join Chicken Little as she makes her way to the king, and soon there is a large group of them convinced that the sky is falling on them. They hasten their way, intent on delivering the news. On their way, they come across Foxy Loxy, which you guessed it, is a fox, who asks them why they're in such a hurry. 
Chicken Little explains to him that the sky is falling and that they're on their way to notify the king. Foxy Loxy offers to take them to the castle, where they will find the king and the birds agree to accompany him. However, the cunning fox leads them not to the castle, but to his den, and the birds are never seen alive again. Fox, birds, I think we have a good idea what happened there. These childhood stories, I believe, are meant to teach us some basic life lessons that I would hope follow us into adulthood to shield us from being taken by those that would want to do us harm. In the case of Chicken Little, we might summarize that the moral messages of the story would include, number one, don't form incorrect conclusions from insufficient data. You know, I'm always telling you this all the time. Do your research. Don't even believe everything I'm telling you. You know, consider it a starting point for some of your own reading and research. Don't stoke fears in others without good cause to do so. Now, I see this happening a lot with social media nowadays where people will uh, see something, catches their eye, ooh, well, that's a really, really interesting headline, and they just automatically like it and forward it. They don't bother to verify it as to whether it is true or not. Now, I'm finding often I see these things, and I check them out, and they are completely either out of context or completely bogus. And number three, like I just said, Don't take other people's word for things without question, especially when those other people are making extraordinary claims, which should require extraordinary evidence. Let's take each of these morals in turn. First, Chicken Little is obviously wrong to draw the conclusion that the whole sky is falling simply because she's been hit on the head by an acorn. It's a human failing to extrapolate our own bad experiences into somehow representing objective reality for everyone else as well. Works the other way, too. An affluent, middle-class person on furlough from a big garden might have had a great 2020 despite what was going on in the world, but it doesn't mean everyone else did. The fact that it's something as small as an acorn, which wrongfoots our avian, anti-heroin, only makes her delusion all the more ridiculous. The second and third morals are, of course, related, though they pertain to different characters in the tale. And in many respects, the first point is related to the second. Chicken Little acts irresponsibly by spreading a false rumor, thus inciting fear among her friends but she does so because she stupidly believes in her own scaremongering. She really does believe that the sky is falling. Whether this mitigates her irresponsible fearmongering or makes it worse, stupidity and misinformation, is hard to say and open to discussion and interpretation. But her friends must also take their fair share of the blame for following her so readily. In many ways, they're worse than Chicken Little herself, because at least she had some physical evidence, or what she took for evidence, for her claim. By contrast, Goosey Lucy and the others are content merely to take Chicken Little's word for it, without questioning her evidence or her extraordinary claim in more detail. Are you all starting to see where I'm going with this? 
I found a reference to 50 different world-ending climate predictions by so-called experts over about the last 50 years, none of which came to pass. Yet the masses continue to believe even more predictions to this day. How many bogus predictions do people have to be told before they start asking more questions? Here's yet a few of the predictions from the list of 50 that I found, which, by the way, turned out all to be fake news. In 1967, there was a warning of dire famine forecast by 1975. Hmm, I don't remember that happening. In 1969, everyone will disappear in a cloud of blue steam by 1989. I really liked that one. <laughs> 1970, we're going to have an ice age by the year 2000. Hmm, well, we're still waiting. Still waiting. 1971, well, the 2000 thing didn't pan out for them, so they uh, came up with a new prediction of a new ice age coming by the year 2020 or 2030. Uh, I don't know. 1972, a new ice, ice age by 2070. They just keep pushing it back. You know, it's like, well, it's bound to happen one of these days. 1978, no end in sight to a 30-year cooling trend. Well, it was global cooling. It was global warming. Now it's just climate change because they can't make up their mind. 1988, the Maldive Islands will be underwater by 2018. As far as I know, they're still there. And you know what? I recently went on a vacation to Florida and went to a couple places I'm familiar with that I've been to before. And do you know what? The beach looked exactly the same. I, I didn't see where the water had moved up and the beach was smaller. Hmm. 1989, they predict rising sea levels will obliterate nations if nothing is done by 2000. This is a good one here. 2008, climate genius Al Gore predicts ice-free Arctic by 2013. Oh, that didn't happen either. Sorry, Al. Yeah, but he got rich. It's, it's, an, uh, it's an unfortunate truth yeah. to him. 2009, Climate genius Al Gore moves his 2013 prediction of ice-free Arctic to 2014. That didn't happen either. 2005, Manhattan will be underwater by 2015. 1970s, the killer bees are going to wipe us all out. 1989, the UN warns that entire nations will be wiped off the face of the earth by 2000 from global warming. Nope. Oh, and let's not forget climate genius Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez warning us back in 2019 that if climate change, or is it global warming or global cooling, who knows? I don't know. I've lost track. In any case, if we don't do something about it, the world will end in 12 years. I guess you better get your affairs in order because in eight years we're all going to be gone, right? Again. Yeah, again. I've been hearing climate change, nitwit, chicken little, spouting this nonsense for my entire life. And guess what? The world has not ended. For more than 50 years, climate alarmists in the scientific community and environmental movement have not gotten even one prediction correct. In other words, on at least 50 occasions I read about, these so-called experts have predicted some terrible environmental catastrophe was imminent. And it never happened. 
And not once, not even once, had these alarmists had one of their predictions come true. Think about that. The so-called experts are zero for 50 with their predictions. But those of us who are skeptical, skeptical of expert prediction number 50, the one that says that if we don't immediately convert to socialism and, and allow Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez crazy to control and organize our lives, the planet will become uninhabitable. Because after all, more government is always the answer. Oh, and giving us more, giving them more of our money too is always the answer. Right? Why would any sane person listen to someone with a 0 and 50 record? Why would we completely restructure our economy and sacrifice our personal freedom for experts who are 0 and 50? Who have never gotten it right even once. And if that's not crazy enough, the latest ploy is to trot out a 16-year-old girl named Greta Thunberg to spread prediction number 50 because it is so much more credible that way. Did us adults not learn anything from the moral of those childhood stories? The proverbial fox is currently leading us all to his place in which we will all be eaten. Hope you like that one, people. Uh, hold on, hold on. Let me, let me bring on your mics, you guys. Okay. There we go. <laughs> Can you hear us now? That's right. I'm doing the whole thing here, after all. There, so, there's so many scares. There's the Y2K. I mean, Y2K. One on top that of never the happened other. either, right? No, nothing. Yeah, the world was going to end then, too. Mm-hmm. No Everybody big deal. Is wrapping up everything I, and getting ready to go. I know. I know. So we got Joshua James in the studio with us today. Oh, welcome. Here, oh, here, here let's, there <laughs> we go. They, 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 they can look at you too, Josh. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> so, Josh, what do you think about all that? I think it's all bunch of horseshit. <laughs> um, you know, anytime can AOC, anytime AOC says anything on Twitter, I just ask her, "How did you become a millionaire?" Yeah. Well, how do all of these uh, politicians become millionaires? You know, I was watching on the news this morning before I came in, and they were talking about how uh, Diane Feinstein or Feinstein—I'm not sure what it is—they—they're—they're uh, they're calling for her retirement. She's like 89 years old. I mean, really? Don't these people have a life outside of work? <laughs> Decrepit. I mean, don't she want to like go home and hang out with her grandkids? And... Well, how old was Nancy Pelosi? I mean, well, she's up right up there too. Yeah, they've been you there know? forever. Uh, so I, I don't, I don't. These people are so. Their main goal in life is power, and it's addictive. They just can't get away from it. It's it's just so addictive, yeah. and it's like. <sighs> Don't we? Don't they ever want to give young people a chance to younger people to get a chance to get in and try some new ideas? I don't know about the younger people now. They've been so indoctrinated that I don't know if I want to give them a chance. They're pretty scary. Well, that's true too. Yeah. I don't know which would be worse. I'm wondering. You know the old decrepit, you know, geriatrics that are currently running the country right now. I don't know. The corrupt have to protect their assets. They got to protect all their their crimes, you know, and they want to pass anything down. Yeah, they do. Wait, you know, it. I I think that these childhood uh, nursery rhymes and folk tales and things like that are 
I think they're lessons that we're supposed to carry forward in life. Um, and I mean, I certainly remember all of them. And they all have like a moral to the story um, in which you learn a lesson. Like number one, you know, the Chicken Little story. It's like I, I, I for some reason that just popped into my head over the week. And it's like, hmm, okay, let me think about this now. It's like uh, Crying Wolf. Uh, you know, jumping to conclusions, and then everybody, without any question whatsoever, just jumps on board. I mean, look at what has happened over the last three years. I mean, they scared the crap out of people, thinking, oh my gosh, unless you get this experimental shot, you're going to die from this horrible virus, and and to guilt you more, if you don't do that, you're probably going to kill grandma if you get around her. And, and people fell for it, hook, line, and sinker. <laughs> I, I mean, you know, and, and, and now it's the, the climate emergency, which is not new. And, and I don't think that a lot of people have noticed that. And that's why I brought this up. This is a really good article. It'll be in my show notes, too. And there are, there are 50 of these things in here. And it's not just the ones that I mentioned. I mean, you know, they, they mentioned here something in 1975, the cooling world and a drastic decline in food production. The cooling world, now they're saying it's warming up. So, you know, they just come up with one lie after the other. And, and then they got things here where they say they're going to run out of oil by the 1990s. You know, and that's nonsense, too. They said the same thing in the 70s when we had the oil crisis. Yeah, they did. And it created an artificial shortage in which I remember those, those lines at the gas stations. You know, back that's, that's back when, when I first started driving, and I think gas was about 35 cents a gallon. Those that own uh, oil wells know that if they go dry, don't sell them. Because they'll come back. They do. They do. They're, it, it's a renewable resource. Absolutely. Right? You know, it's like they, they're discovering that it, that it basically the, the earth is constantly making new oil. And, and you know, logically, if you think about it, that it would make sense that the oil that the, that's there, it took a certain amount of time for, the, for it to be made under pressure. And, and you got the, the biomaterial that, that is in the earth and then the pressure and then it, and it creates the oil that – constantly oil is also being produced. It, it would make you think that, right? Well, I remember they told us it was from dinosaurs, remember, from the old age? There's no more dinosaurs left. Oil's running out, you know? Just stupid stories that they carry, and everybody falls for it. That's why they keep creating new dinosaurs. Yeah, new dinosaurs. <laughs> oh, we found a new one. We found a pinky toe of a new dinosaur. Now we know what it looks like and everything. Well, I don't know if you listened to my show from last week, but now what they're doing is they're kind of do, doing a Jurassic Park kind of thing, and they're taking this dinosaur DNA, and they're going to make lab-grown meat out of it so we can buy dinosaurs in the store to eat. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right? Are we going to go into the lab-grown meat again? That's so sh- Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, do you really know what's in that lab-grown meat? Yeah. I don't want to eat a dinosaur. <laughs> oh, you wouldn't want to have like a T-Rex burger or something like that? Not really. They're actually going to make me a vegetarian with all this talking about the, you know, the meat production and going in a petri dish and you don't know what you're eating and but even even the vegetables now they're shooting up with the mnra so. oh, oh they are mm-hmm. they, they want to get they want to get the they want to make sure that we're all genetically we're we're 
genetically modified. What uh, GMO? Genetically modified organisms. organisms. We're all going to be GMOs. I, I was talking to a friend of mine uh, the other day that is, uh, you know, like big time into healthy eating and stuff like that, non-GMO and stuff like that. And I told her, I says, you know, you better be buying yourself a, a good clean cow to keep at your house. Make sure one that's not been modified and start growing a garden. I said, because pretty soon they're going to be infecting our entire food supply. Vegetables, too. This is why we need to collectively, as patriots, right, those that love our Constitution, love America, love this world, love God, we've got to come together and start buying up land ourselves and start having our own ranches and our farms and, and helping our, ourselves out as a community, you know. Well, I have something to say about that. Okay. No matter any weapon that they have formed against us shall not prosper. That's right. So, they can do what they want, put whatever they want in it. We're, we're saved by the hand of God. You know, uh, what can they possibly do to us? I mean, you can't stop eating. You know, you, you can't give in your whole life for just all the threats that they have against you, the, all the mRNA that they're shooting up everything with. Well, they're thinking of new ideas every day. Oh, every day. That's <laughs> every, for sure. Every day. And new titles. <laughs> Scary stories. <laughs> you know, by the way, while I'm thinking about it, it's like, uh, I was, you know, a lot of people nowadays, it's like they, they keep changing the meanings of words. You know, like they, I, I had somebody tell me the other day, they've even, over the years, they've even changed the meaning of the word progressive and turned it into a dirty word. Um, it didn't used to be. Um, matter of fact, liberals were people that uh, used to believe in liberty. Um, you know, like you know, we're against the man. You know, taking over everything. Like from the hippie days back in the '60s, I probably would have been one of those people. I'm guessing if I was uh, at that age during that period of time. But uh, one of our listeners, Mike, I think you're listening. I hope you're watching, Mike. Um, sent me an email. He, he, he sends me emails sometimes. He's one of our, our good listeners. Thanks for listening, Mike, by the way. Um, I made a comment last week. I had Stephanie Lord here in the studio with me, and we've got, you know, as you know, Stephanie and I both ride, ride bikes. Um, at motorcycles, by the way, not bicycles. Um, but I made a comment. I was talking about these ridiculous nanny state laws in which they're they're constantly, oh, but it's it's for your protection. And it's like and, and what they do is they sell you this BS as a way of grabbing more power. Um, like when we were kids, we never wore a freaking bicycle helmet. Why would we wear one of those? It's like where would why would we wear a helmet to ride a bicycle? But anyway, so I made the comment that <laughs> that if you want to be stupid and not wear a helmet and ride your motorcycle, go ahead and do it because it should be a free country and you should have the right to make that choice on your own whether or not you want to do that. Mike, I wasn't calling you stupid. There is a difference in doing something stupid and actually being stupid. So I remember back when we were kids, and it's like everything is, has become so PC nowadays. Like I remember that my mom would often when us kids were getting a little too wild and you know doing things and acting silly she say stop acting retarded it's like she didn't mean that we were mentally ill <laughs> but anyway so anyway just that so um the the context of how you were use a word is very very important I remember when they're using the word progressive, and I said, what they're doing is nothing progressing forward at all. You know, they're very destructive. 
Well, yeah, there's no progress involved not in this at all. at all. I mean, this progressivism has actually led to this country not being energy independent. It's led to us looking like we're on the verge of World War III. I, I don't know if you consider nuclear war to be progress. I, I really don't, unless you just want to tear it all down and start over. But, yeah, they changed the meanings of the, these words. And these words all sound so good. Progressive. Well, yeah, who wouldn't want progress, right? Well, it's yeah. like, yeah. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so, what was I going to say? I had a thought in my mind and just... Phew, of just all gone. the words that they changed, like the liberals, liberalism and all that. Yeah. They're not liberal by any means. No. No, they're not liberal. There's nothing liberty about it. It's like when you... Um, basically rob other people of their hard-earned income and redistribute it, that's not liberty. It's not liberty to force someone to take your point of view. It's like, I think, you know, and I had, I had another friend um, ask me the other day, well, how do you reconcile, you know, being a conservative and, um, you know, with, with people that are in the gay community? And it's like, well, because... The two are different things, and it's like the the fake news, they put out this narrative that conservatives hate gay people, and that's what they put out. They also put out that conservatives are racist, and they don't like black people, but, but the thing is, is the truth of the matter is that's completely, completely wrong. Sure, I mean, you got – you got racist and you got homophobes in in all walks of life, both liberal and conservative. But you know they they place that label and like the chicken little thing, like I was talking about, they say something and they accept it without question. That oh yeah, conservatives are racist and conservatives are homophobes, without actually researching it themselves. You know they used to say all the time about Rush Limbaugh. They used to say that Rush Limbaugh was a racist and a homophobe. And then you ask these people that are making these statements, well, have you ever listened to Rush? Well, I don't listen. I don't want to listen to that. That's <laughs> like, well, then how do you know? You were taking third-hand information and taking it as fact without actually checking it on your own. I can tell you that for many, many years I listened to Rush Limbaugh because I enjoyed listening. I would be on long trips and stuff like that and look for the station where Rush Limbaugh was on. And I would listen to him all the time. And I can tell you he didn't have a racist or a homophobic bone in his body. Just It just didn't happen. But if somebody repeats it long enough... Though it's truth to them. You know, somebody said it, they repeated it, now it's truth to them. Like you said, they don't even research it. They don't even listen to him. Oh, no, no, I agree. And and I think that's why the chicken little story was just per- What do you think? Do you think it was like perfect? Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> so let's see. Coming up in the next segment, uh, I want to cover some of these uh, things in the news. Uh, I want to talk about this um, uh, Air National Guard uh, soldier that was arrested for supposedly um, um, sharing classified documents. I think there's more to that story than meets the eye. Um, The whole thing for me just doesn't seem to add up too much. And also I want to talk about this uh, use of the obstruction law against the January 6th uh, defendants. Um, That law has been twisted like you wouldn't believe. And a lot of you people have probably never heard what the law says. So we're going to talk about that. Um, you're talking way too much, Josh. I know. <laughs> Good morning. <laughs> you're not awake yet? Do we need to slap you around a little bit, wake you up there a little bit? Okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> anyway, so um, don't go anywhere. 
And uh, we're going to be back after the break and uh, lots, lots to talk about today. You're listening to Freedom Speak with Becca Marie and Stella with guest Joshua James. We'll be back. Dr. Dan Lafferty. And I'm Dr. Stephanie Z from ABQ Gentle Dentistry. Putting off a trip to the dentist due to dental anxiety? Let us ease your fears. At ABQ Gentle Dentistry, we are gentle from your first phone call with the receptionist to the dental chair for treatment. We offer oral conscious sedation, IV sedation, and nitrous gas. We have the latest technology to handle all your dental needs right in our office. Same day crowns, 3D x-rays, 3D printing, digital intraoral photos, and laser technology. Let us transform your life by transforming your smile into a smile you can love. We also offer clear tray orthodontic therapy. You're part of the family here at ABQ Gentle Dentistry. Gentle is not just our name, it's how we treat our patients. We accept most insurance plans and also work with multiple lending companies to help make financing possible. Y hablamos español. We're located at 4550 Eubank Boulevard, Northeast, Suite 101. Give us a call at 505-292-8588 to begin your journey to an awesome smile. Or on the web at albuquerquegentledentist.com. Hi, I'm Dr. Karen Genter from High Desert Chiropractic and Wellness. For 27 years, I've been helping patients by gently treating the root cause of their health issues, not just symptoms. Treatments include various chiropractic techniques and therapies, such as electrical stimulation, ultrasound and intersegmental traction, or the roller table. Let's help you be your best self by helping you achieve optimal wellness and maintain it lifelong. Located at 5310 Homestead Road, Northeast, call us at 505 292 Would you like to advertise your business right here on Freedom Speak with Becca Marie and Stella? Get in on the ground floor with insanely low prices and become one of our preferred advertisers. Lots of fellow patriots would love to do business with you. All ads include free production of your commercial using your own voice or ours. Your ad will run on all of our live streams and podcasts on multiple platforms. Our audience is growing by the day. Send your info to Becca at freedomspeaknm.com to get started. Hey there, welcome to the second segment of Freedom Speak with Becca Marie and Stella with guest uh, Joshua James today. So we're slowly getting everything together in this studio. Um, 
I've had to learn how to do production, which uh, I'm doing that simultaneously while doing the show. I, 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 did, I honestly didn't think it was something I'd be able to do, but actually I've just kind of slipped right into it. I'm getting it done. You're very good at it. <laughs> Thank you. Yes, you are. <laughs> <laughs> so you guys might notice I've got my hands back on the board. I'm not even looking at it, and I'm operating the board while I'm talking. <laughs> Thank you, Josh. You're awesome. So you're listening to Freedom Speak with Becca Marie and Stella. And I want to invite you all to check out our website, freedomspeaknm.com. And on there, you can also click on if, if, you know, you want to watch the live show and you want to join the conversation, you can click on the rumble link there and it will, uh, you'll, you'll get to see the live show on Friday morning from 9 a.m. to noon. Also, I, we've got, we've got phones now, so we would love to hear your calls and uh, our phone number is 505-444-5059. That's 505-444-5059. And And we'd really like to hear from you. Yeah, yeah. Call us and join the conversation. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, give us your comments, what you think about what we're talking about. I love love a good debate on something. You know, even if you disagree with me, call in. I'd love to have a discussion with you on it. You know, I've been... I've been known to be wrong from time to time. No. Not, not very often, <laughs> but... <laughs> You're going to admit to that? <laughs> so, um, I, I was, I've been watching the headlines, and this uh, uh, Air National Guard guy uh, that was arrested for uh, apparently uh, leaking classified documents, I, I just... There's something about that to me that just seems kind of suspicious, Okay, number one, how does this low-level guy get his hands on all these classified documents? What were the documents? Well, they're not even telling you. They're classified. They're classified. We're not allowed to know what they are, but he leaked them, <laughs> right? Supposedly. Uh, supposedly. So I just, I just kind of wonder, is, is, is this guy like a patriot that was maybe doing uh, some... Research uh, of some kind? Well, maybe he was. Maybe he was. Uh, what's what's the word they use for it when somebody is? Oh, whistleblowing. whistleblowing. Mm. Maybe he was whistleblowing, and and you know they just decided to take this guy out. They said they decided to teach him a lesson and make an example out of him. Maybe I think so. I you know the problem I've got right now is I just do not trust our government at all. I mean, they, they, they just have been lying to us about everything. Well, just remember, government is a, a document, and it's perfect or imperfect, but uh, it's the tyrants that are in our government that are the problem. And yeah. it is addition to talk against the government, just FYI. Well, I don't think so. I don't think so. So, I, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm watching that story to see what happens. Uh, with this guy, but I, I'm just wondering, it's like, how does a, a low-level person like this get their hands on classified documents, and how are they leaked? I mean, are are you allowed to, like, have cell phones uh, with internet connections when you're on base and have access to documents? What are, I, they, what are they distracting us from? Good, po- good point. Yeah. What's, what's the right hand doing while the left hand's over here? Well... You know, Stephanie and I were talking about this on last week's show, in which they're just slow, they're throwing every bit of mud against the wall that they possibly can. All the while, all of these things that are going on, like, you know, while they got all these New World Order things going on in the background. I don't know. I think people need to ask more questions. 
Now, I was listening to Newsmax this morning, and they were certainly digging into this thing with the, with this soldier and the classified documents, and they're asking questions. But I, I'm guessing if you listen to any of the legacy media outlets, they're probably not asking questions. What kind of questions were they asking, though, Newsweek? New, Newsmax, you mean? Newsmax. Yeah. Um, questions like I was asking, mm-hmm. like how did he get access to these documents? Mm-hmm. Why him? You know, is he a whistleblower? Well, at the same time, uh, China and Xi and Putin just met up, and and China gave uh, Putin the the gold necklace of peace. Did you see that with the dove on it? Mm-hmm. Hmm. Shaking hands, best friends now. Mm-hmm. See, we had the opportunity to be best friends with Russia, and the way I see it is that Obama worked against that as hard as he could when he was in office. Uh, Trump tried to revive that relationship, and they criticized him for it. Oh, it's like you're a Russian asset because you're talking to Putin. It's like, no, we're trying. To be, it's much better to be friends with these people and have an open uh, dialogue and communication than to uh, isolate yourself from them and make them enemies because what hap- what's happening now is we have alliances forming you know, like the thing they taught, I, I heard him talking about this thing where we did the, um, where we um, confiscated the assets, some of the assets of Russia, and which basically caused Russia to start doing something. Russia hasn't been hurt at all by any of that stuff. As a matter of fact, uh, right now, the world is in the process of not uh, considering the dollar as, as the primary currency in the world right. as a result of this. And we have some people that are trying to pass bills, put through bills uh, to back our dollar again by gold. You know, and Putin recently actually just uh, made an announcement uh, how the American people, uh, he's surprised that we're not standing up to our tyrants here and that we should. We should take up arms and make some corrections. Well, I think we're coming to that. When? When? Yeah, I've been waiting a long time. <laughs> well, well, you know, how much do they need to do before it's too exactly. much? Exactly. I think they've gone overboard way a long time ago. It should have been happened already. Yeah. We should be standing up for ourselves. Yeah. Well, I've been standing up for myself all along in the past few years by refusing to comply with any of their ridiculous orders. You know, unfortunately, most people didn't do that. Most people caved, rolled over, gave in. Or got mad at you because you didn't. Got yeah. mad at me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Made yeah. fun. Of, made fun of me for doing it. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, just wear your stupid mask and shut up. Yeah, you. You've always been a rebel. Grow up already. And I said <laughs> no. <laughs> I enjoy being a rebel. <laughs> so, I was thinking about this thing with the January six defendants, and and you hear what what you've been hearing on the news is that they have for the most part, all been charged with obstruction of, a, of an official proceeding, okay? And they have acted as though that there is a law that actually backs that up. But if you go into that law, they're talking about, basically that law they're referring to is U.S. Code 1512, Tampering with a witness, victim, or an informant is what that law is. Oh, we got a caller. Hey, hold on a second. Let me... Should we take bets on who it is? I don't know who it is. This is somebody new. Oh. 
Hello, you're on the air with uh, Becca and Stella. Who do we got? Hey, Tony, how's it going? Tony is my oh, well. Tony is my buddy that lives in Idaho, and he is currently in Saudi Arabia, right? That is correct. And with that, uh, I figured I'd want to call in real quick when I'm talking about the dollar, because it was just news here that Saudi Arabia is also considering dropping the dollar. Wow. Well, so I, it's uh, it getting global now. It's totally getting global. I mean, the 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 money, you know, the dollar is going to get dropped as the world's currency, and we have all of these countries allying together. Um, you know, Biden has created this situation in which he has drove a wedge between us and and people that were formerly considered our allies. And, and you know very true very true and and Tony you saw this too it's like you know i i remember the day i was watching the news program and i saw uh, uh president trump step across the line into north carolina and sh- shake hands with kim jong un and north it's like korea. north korea did, what did i say north carolina did i did i say north carolina <laughs> yes you did <laughs> i think i don't think he's in any danger in north carolina at all wow okay I do that sometimes. I just have like this little glitch. I met North Korea, North Korea, North Carolina. Uh, yeah, yeah, it just kind of sounds the same. They're, they're getting a little liberal there. <laughs> in North Carolina. In North Carolina. So yeah, so maybe it might be dangerous to go to North Carolina. You go to Asheville, really... you'll have a good time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, Tony, can you talk about what you're doing over there to everybody? Yeah, we're uh, over here helping out. Uh, Saudi Arabia, the uh, electric company, and we are uh, doing some uh, assessments on the power plants for their construction. Now, I take it these power plants and, are probably uh, windmills and solar panels, right? No, they can't <laughs> do solar panels, solar electric here. Okay. I just found that out. Really? Why not? Uh, it, it is too hot here in Saudi Arabia for solar panels. Wow. Interesting. If you know, know a little bit about the electrical uh, parts of the solar panels, the, the chemicals and stuff that's in there, uh, even on top of our roofs in uh, down in Arizona, they don't recommend some of the solar panels because the panels get too hot and they do not operate above certain degrees. They start and to, to here and over <clears throat> here, it easily gets above 130 degrees, which is far above the 100. And, I think it's 113 degrees that uh, will overheat them. That makes sense. They, so start, they, to, uh, they start to melt they and become... They start to melt and become dinosaur oil again. <laughs> dinosaur oil. <laughs> yeah. I, I just read something on the dinosaur oil. And uh, that was put out by... Um, I believe it was, it was either Rockefeller or J. Paul Getty that had... Uh, again, one of those things where you repeat a lie enough, everybody believes it, that oil comes from the breaking down of all these dinosaurs. Well, we are finding oil deeper in this earth than dinosaurs have ever been, ever been, had fossils. So oil, like uh, um, your friend there, uh, uh, is it Jim or Joshua? Oh, Joshua, yeah. Um, Joshua have stated about uh, 
you, you just if a if an oil well stops producing, you just shut it down for a while. Twenty, thirty years later, you go back to it; it's producing oil again. Uh, oil does not come from the breaking down of dinosaurs. That has been a misnomer. Uh, look that one up. I just read about that. That's about interesting. Weeks ago. Huh. Uh, it was it was put out by one of our one of our founding oil fathers, either J. Paul Getty or one of the Rockefellers or something. It was I, I forget what it was, but uh, him saying that just remind, reminded me that I read that about two weeks ago. Something about that, right? So it'll be something to put on your research list. Yeah, that um, that's interesting. Another one, go back to your Chicken Little thing. I, I really appreciated that. That was a, That's a great story. Did, did you like that uh, one, huh? <clears throat> yes, I do. I've been listening <laughs> since you started here today, 45 minutes ago. And, um, but going back to, a, it was a newspaper article in one of the Scandinavian countries. I've been, I've been trying to research it since we come online, or since I've been watching you this, uh, this evening. Well, it's this evening over here. What time <laughs> uh, is it there, Tony? Actually, uh, not, uh, right now it is 6.47 p.m. here. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, and that uh, there was a newspaper article put out sometime around 19... It was prior to World War One. I. I want to say it was like 1901 or 1907 from a Scandinavian newspaper... And they were talking about the sea levels and rising, and the temperatures were warming. Uh, sea line or the the seals were going away, and the fishing industry was going to be wiped out in a matter of ten years uh, because of the warming of the oceans. And this was all the way back more than a hundred years ago. These predictions were were made, which obviously isn't coming true, or hasn't come true because we still get plenty of fish out of the North Atlantic. It has not warmed up to kill them all. Yeah, you know, that's the thing that got me when I was reading, when I came across that article. I learned so much by doing this show, and I, and I came across that article, and it just amazes me how these people, these so-called experts, they come up with these predictions that never pan out, and yet nobody ever calls them out on it. And then somebody else makes another ridiculous prediction and everybody just jumps on it and believes it must be true. How many fake predictions do they have to come out with where, where people will finally realize that these people don't know what they're talking about? And who are these so-called experts? Uh, yeah, I, I'm always talking about this whole climate change all thing at the time. It's like, I'm not disputing that, that there is climate change. There has been climate change throughout the history of the world that we know of. Uh, that doesn't mean that been, that human beings are having a significant impact on it. And I and I was actually I watched an interesting uh, these so-called um, climate experts being interviewed by Congress the other day. I watched this uh, clip on there, and the the congressman asked these guys how what is the percentage of CO2 in the atmosphere, and none of them could answer the question. They were just kind of guessing on the numbers. Uh, well, five percent, I think, and and the other all seven percent. Yeah, and it's like, and then he says, no, it's actually point zero two. Yeah, that is correct. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, but another one to listen to, if you ever get the chance, or maybe you have, um, the founder of the Weather Channel was on CNN, uh, being, I forget the guy's name, kind of the bald-headed guy, kind of a high-pitched voice, was interviewing the guy. And he was coming up with total bunk 
he was totally debunking the global warming, but he sold the Weather Channel, and ever since then is when they've been using the Weather Channel as a propagandist-type uh, channel to push global warming. Yeah. Yeah, and it's just one emergency so, after it, the other, and it's it's all about keeping people in fear and getting people to go along with anything they want to do. Yep, Chicken Little. Yeah, Chicken Little's <laughs> perfect. <laughs> <laughs> So, just to give you a heads up, uh, I was talking to you about this the other day. Uh, once I'm done over here in Saudi Arabia, the next project I'm going to be on will be up in North Dakota at a small power plant up there that they have got some government funding in. And the engineering company that I work for uh, has no problem wanting... Uh, to fulfill the contract that they got with uh, that company, funded partially by the federal federal government, uh, for CO2 capture and put it in the back into the earth. You know, one of, one of these one of these congressmen was talking about. You know, we're making all these efforts to eliminate yes. CO2, and they actually pointed out: Do you realize if the CO2 drops to like I can't remember. It's like point zero one less than it currently is. That it could potentially kill all the plant life on the planet. And the plants give us what? They take CO two and give us what? Oxygen. <laughs> they give us back oxygen. That is correct. You know. So <laughs> you it seems, remember your earth plants. I know. Isn't that amazing? <laughs> yeah. It, it seems like to me that a better solution would be to plant more trees. Right. Right. I mean, he, even well, here here in New Mexico, governments all over the country, I mean, here in America, um, you know, they plant all these new trees alongside roads, and then five, ten years later, they're digging them up and taking them out and putting in some new baby trees. Or starting trees. The, the controlled burning and <laughs> ripping them, I mean, literally clearing mountainsides and everything. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. Well, you know, I've even seen them yep. in, in big cities, you know, because big cities are probably mostly covered over with concrete. I've actually seen them planting stuff on the tops of buildings. I think that's a great idea. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You know, green up the tops of those I buildings. Did you want to say something? They, we have covered up so much land by concrete and asphalt that, yeah, it makes, it makes very good sense to plant trees on top of buildings. Sure. The, and the uh, structure of a, of a building can easily handle the added weight of soil and water in the trees. The concrete jungles just in, increase the temperatures in the cities. And that's that's as I'm running yes. I'm actually running for governor of New Mexico and one of the initiatives is to plant more green to to we can make New Mexico the Garden of Eden no problem. In fact I think you're over in Saudi Arabia right now. It's either Saudi Arabia or the Grand Emirates where a gentleman gentleman took the desert and turned it into this beautiful green lush place with edible foods and a river with salmon running up it and you know, there's no reason why we can't terraform our lands and make it make everything amazing, make our, our places uh, self-sufficient and then cool them back down. No, I agree. I think that's a much better solution. But, you know, planting trees doesn't help them accomplish their goal of world domination. Of course not. <laughs> that is correct. That does not. 
but you know that's the thing it's like with the chicken little story people do not ask questions and it's like okay who are these so-called experts that are saying this stuff and it's like you know some of these experts were being questioned in congress the other day and they had no clue they, they, you know, here they're here they're out there preaching that we need to reduce the CO2, and they don't even really know how much CO2 that there is. It's like you realize we keep reducing the CO2. You could, you know, very well. And not only that, but like I was reading about these Dutch farmers. You know, these guys are out there rebelling and taking their tractors onto the road and blocking roads and clogging up the works because literally the the government out there wants to shut down 50% of the farms out there. And it's also making them, saying, demanding that they buy all this expensive equipment, making it impossible for them to survive. And here's the thing to think about. It's like, apparently one of the main industries in that part of the world is farming. Now, if they're going to be wiping out all these farmers and reducing the food production in the world, which I think it's important to produce food all over the world because that way if the weather is not good in one area then you've got other areas that are producing and they can they can export it to areas that need it but if we wipe out all these farmers and there's all this less food than we currently have then don't we have to get rid of some people right that, that's the plan Bill Gates brought that up Bill Gates would like to depopulate the, the planet Mm-hmm. Well, they're going to have to if if they accomplish the goals that they want to do with getting rid of all these farmers. You know, the government buying up all this farmland and and putting farmers out of business and putting unreasonable restrictions on them and this whole nitrogen thing that they're trying to they're trying to get rid of the nitrogen. You know, it's like isn't nitrogen isn't nitrogen a major component of fertilizer? Well, back in the 90s it was freon. Freon and, Freon and all the air conditioners were raising the uh, CO2 on the planet. And, right. Yeah. Was that even true? No. My, my, my uh, best friend's dad, he worked at Texas Instruments, and, God, he was a genius. And he would just rant on the Freon all the time. These people have no idea what they're talking about. <sighs> well, the problem is, is most people are like, uh, you know... Lucy Goosey and the rest of Chicken Little's friends in which they just listen to the person saying the sky is falling and they just believe it without question. I would say like 85% listen. No, no, yeah. I, I I think you're right. Yeah. The yeah. rest of us are like wondering like, why, you know, do they even listen to this? But yeah, I'd say 85% are all followers. There's very little leaders. Yeah, True. Wait, I got. I got. I'm curious about something, Tony. Over in Saudi Arabia, do you catch local news that's out there? Wait, what? What news do you hear out there? Is it like Al Jazeera uh, well, or something like that? Al Jazeera is here, um, and of course, the ever infamous, very infamous uh, CNN, uh, the BBC. Okay. Uh, there's only only about five. TV channels that I can get in English here. Okay. Uh, the rest of them are, uh, they, do, they, they do talk about the news here in Saudi Arabia. So that was one of the, one of the things that they had uh, um, discussed was about the Saudi Arabia looking to um, get rid of the dollar also uh, in their purchases or sales of oil. So what are they can uh, what are they considering uh, what are they considering using as an alternative to the dollar? 
a new currency that will be a conglomeration of China, Russia, Saudi Arabia, uh, Brazil. There was a few other countries in there uh, here in the Middle East, but I just remember I remember the two big ones: Russia, China, and Saudi Arabia, where I'm at right now. Uh, but those other countries over here, all considering a new currency, and uh, solely based on oil, and it will be uh, gold, uh, basically precious metals backed, just like it was in the night uh, prior to 1970. We've got a real mess in the so works that, here, don't we? I mean, that yes, we do. that could really gain some traction. You know, from from what um, I understand, what caused this is when they basically stuck it to Russia. When Russia, and and not only that, but you know, we used to be a net exporter of energy before you know Biden screwed things up here. People turned to Russia mm-hmm. for their energy, so. Then we stick it to Russia. Russia is providing most of the energy to people out there. And so then they have to say, well, how are we going to trade with Russia? we got to figure out a way. So in a way, Biden caused all this. Right there for uh, a minute. You can trade so many things back to Biden's policies over the last two years. Uh, it's just unbelievable. Well, we know. Hey, uh, uh, Newsflash. Newsflash. Yeah. Um, you had discussed about uh, animals, and we talked about uh, such. Uh, Newsflash just came across Texas Panhandle. Uh, 18,000 cows killed earlier today, or actually in your time would be yesterday, <clears throat> from a fire at a dairy. 18,000 head of cattle perished. Well, you know, we've been seeing that more and more. We're seeing, like, uh, uh, various different food plants burning down. A while back, I talked about this big chicken farm that burned down. It's like, I don't think these things are accidents. I mean, you know. It fits in with a different, another narrative that has to do with Ukraine. And you kind of touched on this a little bit. But I, I wanted to expand on the Ukraine thing. Um, 2014, uh, Ukraine shut off water canals that went from the Ukraine and the northern areas through water canals, irrigation canal, down to Crimea. And that is one of the things that <clears throat> was also brought up by uh, Putin about one of the being retaliatory. You know, 2014, and sure. again, it was something that Obama never uh, talked about. We didn't hear much about it, but the millions and millions and millions of farm acres on the peninsula, it's almost like an island there. Hey, Tony, Crimea, Tony, can, can I hold you over till Go after ahead. the break? Sure. Okay, yeah. all right, we'll be right back to you. You're listening to Freedom okay. Speak with Becca okay. Marie and Stella. Uh, hang in there, we'll be right back.